0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 66 of It's Just Bodybuilding. My friend Dusty Hanshaw, myself Big Ron Parlow, we're gonna take all your Instagram questions right here on It's Just Bodybuilding. Hey everybody, how are you doing, Dusty? What's up?
1: Living the dream. Just finished meal three, so I'm not going to be freaking out about uh,
0: needing to get off the damn show to eat. So we're good. Have any have any blood sugar issues today? Hopefully exactly. not. Exactly. Um, remember, everybody, to like, share, subscribe, comment, and bell, uh, the ring bell, the bell. The bell. Ding ding! You will know, help the show out. Get the notifications, you know. I know we come out uh, very regularly, but you never know when we're going to come out like with an extra episode, like la- last week and all that stuff. Exactly.
1: What if we fucking move the date just be- just because? Yeah, or we do just a we live could. show all of a sudden.
0: You know, we're starting to we- do things. I like that live show. Yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. do that again. So uh, uh, be prepared for that. You know, I I enjoyed it too. You know. There's, there's
1: no going back. There's no fucking going back. Ron can't <laughs> watch them after the fact because he's already done. Screwed.
0: No. Yeah, they're, they're live ones I can't watch back. Wrong. So what's new? Give me, give me the update.
1: Oh, let's see. What is new here? Things are pretty are pretty normal right now. But I'm, I'm a little bit pissed at Hammer Strengths. So I'm going to put this right on the air because I'm pissed at them. Um, my stuff was supposed to be in last week. And then it was supposed to get me the tracking numbers, and now I can't even get someone to tell me where the fuck it is. So I'm it's like, in the mail. Is it made? Is it not made? Is it on the way? Is it in your where? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody? Right, 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 right. You, you know how want I am. Answers, Dusty. I just, I'm, I mean, I'm waiting, and that's a lot. I got, we got twelve pieces coming from them. I kind of need to be prepared. Yeah, I'm actually gonna no, go exactly. there and, and assist in in placing things and you know stressful so yeah yep. yeah yeah expanding the gym it's getting bigger
0: okay okay yeah,
1: adding a few thousand square feet soon so that's exciting
0: I'm uh are, are you like just like his advisor or are you like a new I am nothing camp?
1: I am nothing I literally just he asks me stuff I give him my ideas and that's it yeah like I yeah, that's yeah. why people keep asking me they're like when are
0: you going to open your gym? I'm like, why the fuck would I open a gym? I have one. And I don't have any of the headaches or responsibilities. Yeah, it's just like it's
1: just bodybuilding. I just show up, I'm there for two hours, and fucking leave. And Ron right. and Scott have to take care of all the bullshit. It's like, this is my life. So yeah, I'm. That's right. Like, and I got two Arsenal pieces coming now. He surprised okay. me. There's a lot going on, dude. There's a lot. Okay. So I'm excited. Okay. Excited for that. I'm what? eating. I was told what? to uh, grow, I did a little poll. And I put on yeah, seven pounds that. last week, so that's good. I think they is all a week, Is it a weekly
0: poll? Is it a weekly poll?
1: Landed, no, no. I just put on seven pounds the first week, but I think they all landed in my chins. I'm like, wow. Well, my head is rounder. The rest looks about the same.
0: Shit. I want you to look stronger. You know, yeah. A little bit. When you have like one and a half chins, I'm like, ah, he's inclining 450.
1: He's coming. Yeah, it's
0: valid. <laughs> it's a very valid point. If I start looking
1: spelt and it's like, yeah, but he trains like a bitch. I like right, that right, right. You duck your chin down and you're like, you just see it. It's all I see. Yeah,
0: it's just all neck from the cheekbone right to the peck. A waterfall coming off of my chin. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's fantastic. I can't grow the beard back fast enough now to, to, to match it. Right, right. See, I'm going the opposite way. I'm trying to get lean enough that no one would expect me to be able to lift anything heavy. Then you're, like, surprising him. I like that. Yeah, and then I I might be able to surprise him a little by going, like, you know, halfway in on some of the old weights, you know? I saw
1: the the hack squat set, or the the, uh, humbler set the other day. That was nasty. Yeah.
0: I'm putting four plates on that. I know it's not a lot in your world where you have to, like, weld extra pins and have... You know, hire people to hold plates on top of but things. But gravity
1: and, is different in Canada. A lot of people don't know that.
0: Well, and I'm I am think it's the metric a, system. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> I still say that. I still say there's nothing harder for tall guys than that humbler. Because oh, yeah. you know, everyone's every it's it's one thing to rep out. There, I'm hanging in the wheelhouse, you, dude. <laughs> when you're up here, like in that that straight out range, that fucking thing is heavy, man. I tell everyone and, uh, that, that when equipment doesn't fit me right, they should throw it
1: away. Because I'm literally the definition of an average male. My height, everything, I mean, it should fit me. What's your official me. height? 5'10". Five, Five,
0: That's ten. like my,
1: okay. my real height. You know, and my hockey still, height was six yeah. foot. Right, so right. My right. hockey height was 220 when I was 210, or weight, I should say. So, yeah, you know. So, hockey numbers are sort of halfway to professional wrestling numbers. Yeah, you bump yourself up. Now, of course, in bodybuilding, everyone's like, I'll tell you, I'm like 5'7".
0: Yeah, everyone gets shorter in bodybuilding. (laughs) And I have 20 pounds. I'm 5'7", 320. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Did I I tell you I I measured myself, like, officially at at that show that we put on? Yeah. So I went through most of my life telling everyone I was 6'1". And then I had most people telling me back, no, you're taller than that. I'm like, no, I'm one. I got measured at the doctor because I remember my doctor measured me once. And he's like, you're just under one. So I went around thinking I was one for years. And then I don't know if it was just like training, being huge, but I measured myself again like, you know, I think I was still competing. So it would have been like, you know, six years ago, seven right. years ago. And I was six foot half inch. You fucking, you squished yourself. And I was like, huh. And I was like, well, I guess that's possible. Plus, you do lose a bit of height as you get older, et cetera, right? Right. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm six foot half inch. Plus, there's a margin of error with the doctor and the guy that measured me six foot half. So I'm in there somewhere. Yeah. And the, uh, the other day we put on a show and we had like an official measuring uh, station there for the figure, you know? The one that actually and, comes down? Yeah, yeah. And oh, so shit. I stood in that. I stood in that. And they checked me. And they did it three times. And I came back at exactly six foot. Whoa. So I don't know what happened. Yeah. So I I thought, shit, I've got to buy one of those inversion tables. Because maybe this is a bad thing. Like, maybe I'm just going to, like, you know, another half inch. Yeah. So I bought one. I've been hanging from it, you know, just to, like. They're awesome, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. And I had that hip injury that I was telling you about that I thought was from riding my bike. It was right. Like an irritation, something was set off like crazy in there, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's helped that a little bit. Like just kind of like you know, just pull the hip out of the socket for ten mm-hmm. minutes and just like <laughs> let some blood get in. I don't know. Have don't you ever know. had one of those I'm, where you uh, <clears throat> where you lean back
1: and the the release is a little aggressive and it almost scares you? It goes popping You're like oh fuck, is that okay? <laughs> I've yeah, had a so, few of those where I'll usually can ease into it and I'm trying to let it to the, get it to let go just by relaxing and breathing. And every now and then, it'll let go so abruptly that I'm like, okay, we're good. We're still moving, everything's...
0: (laughs) Yeah. One of of the main thing I noticed was uh, when I first started hanging, I felt like there was way more pressure on one ankle. Oh, okay, because it's locked up, probably. Or the the hips aren't even, Mm -hmm. is what I was thinking. So one leg is like... A little bit got more slack and the other one's tighter Mm -hmm. so like one foot had more pressure on it Mm -hmm. and uh so i i started like kind of swinging like gently like moving around like side to side to wiggle down and try to really pull things apart and then i felt like these three pops in my lower back like popcorn just Mm -hmm. and and it felt good right and so i just hung on it for a while and I was like, oh, shit. And then the next time I did it, I heard them again. But they didn't happen like the first two weeks I hung. It was like the yeah. third week when I was hanging that, that I heard these pops in my lower back. And now they go every time I, I do it. I hear mm-hmm. these. Yep. It's like stuff starting to separate. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe I'm destroying things in my body. Or maybe, maybe you're I'm getting being, taller. Maybe I'm giving it some space to, to breathe and stuff. I don't know. But that's my, that's my uh, situation with those things. That was a great purchase, man. It's a great purchase. Yeah, yeah. I bought the good one, you know. Teeter. Yeah, Teeter. I, I spent like four fifty. <clears throat> I yeah. don't know.
1: Yeah, which in America is like two hundred bucks. Um,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding, Canadians. I'm gonna get an email that says that's not accurate. I'm kidding. Relax. It's like three uh, three hundred and twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will get. I get that. I get corrected. I'm like I was, like last week that we put up a video. And I had uh, 10 plates on each side of the hack. And my training partner goes, probably about 1,000 pounds. And a kid literally goes, it's 900. I'm like, I'm aware what 20, 45s weigh. <laughs> like, right. re- relax. Simple, simple math. I think he was Yay. guesstimating that the, that the Arsenal hack might have 100 pounds of help on it. <clears throat> right. So, which by the way, I want to segue because this is driving me crazy at the gym. So I've been using, you know, the, uh, reverse banded squat or, uh, reverse band on the hack squat. Yeah. <clears throat> and I started doing that after Luke talked about it for his knees and everything about, I don't know, seven, eight, 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it helps immensely. I use the smallest one, but I still think it truly takes away like a full plate, like 90 pounds is the my side. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like 90 total, like a plate aside. Um, now I'm seeing guys in the gym using like the black thick band. And I'm like, yeah, you got to What do you, I don't even know if you could go down with one plate with that.
0: I don't know if it would go. Well, down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, so this is the the banding of things. I see this all the time. It's, it's one of those things where, uh, people jump on it before they understand how to do it. Right. Um, and they just don't get exactly what they're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be making the entire rep harder you're supposed to be taking the easy spot out of the rep right mm-hmm. um but now i see people with a big thick black band like you were saying yep. and maybe they are people that could on a good day hack squat three plates yeah now they're using like six plates mm-hmm. because it literally deloads like hundred like like a fucking big fat black band on both sides can take 100 pounds a side well, it springs you back out of the bottom because it's at its, at its strongest point is the bottom. Yeah. So, now, so you know out. how? Yeah. They don't understand like the rep is on a curve. You know, you got the, the top of the rep is easy and then the bottom of the rep is hard. Yeah. And you're trying to flatten the curve so the whole rep is hard. They're actually like almost bending the rep. I don't know what they're doing.
1: What would their curve be? Their curve, their I, curve I totally
0: know like, what you mean by that. I don't know. I think it's like the, 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 the bottom of the rep is so deloaded that it's like nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you're supposed to be making like... You're just supposed to be making the rep flatter, you know, if we think of how hard the rep is from the bottom to the top. It's supposed to be kind of equally hard throughout. Yeah. And it does uh, help. Yeah, I
1: I've, think that that's it's important that guys are... Because it, it, now I push my clients to do it as well because I'm like... I thankfully I have inhuman joints because they're so big because I'm not built for bodybuilding. Um, but a good bodybuilder that was doing what I'm doing would probably be a wreck by the time he was my age. So I'm trying to get guys to use the bands they're like, oh, but my knees don't hurt. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want them to ever hurt. Let's right, not right. wait until you're fucked up <laughs> to do this. But yeah, I did catch that the other day. I'm like, damn, that is a waste to put that giant band on two sides of a hack squat. Yeah. Like, then then yeah. I go over there because we were using it next. I literally helped him take it off and had him, I mean, the kid was watching me put one orange band through. That's like that big.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, like for guys like you and even me still, I'm still on the bottom end of heavy weights. Um, I think, uh, I think a plate aside is about perfect for the hack. If you're talking about how much it deloads. Yeah. Um, and then so if you're a smaller person training in say like the three plate range on the hack, you'd mm-hmm. actually want less band because it's like a ratio of the load. So you'd actually yeah. want like an even thinner band that only took like a half a plate aside. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what you kind of want to do. So people don't quite they're they're way over banding, like it's massively deloading, and then you know, it's 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 not exactly the point.
1: Yeah, I think I think most people would get it though, because I I almost want to ask, but it would sound like such a dick thing, which makes me want to do it even more. But hey, would you ever use those black bands on a regular banded uh, bench? Because we have the we have the competition benches that you can band from the bottom.
0: Oh right, you're you're not trying to
1: yeah pushing into that bitch. You won't be able to do the bar with one of those bands on
0: there. (laughs) That's when the thin bands come out. (laughs) Exactly, they (laughs) break out the micro minis.
1: Yeah, the, 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 the 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 one I don't even have ever seen is all of a sudden available. Because we do, we have all some. That, um, we have some guys that use that, and there was a guy in there the other day. He's a big ass dude. I don't. I, don't, I mean, he's just a big fucking guy. Um, but he's in there doing three plates aside on bench with the purple band also, and I'm like, okay, that's fucking insane. <laughs> like right, that's a, right. that's at lockout, the hardest point. You know what I mean? Doing yeah, sets yeah. of like six. I was like, damn,
0: I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 hard locker so, shit you know I never I never really like you know fooled around with some bands on presses you know just like as an older bodybuilder to like you know deload joints and stuff but I never did any strength training with bands you know like that just yeah. kind of missed my generation you know those 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 years were behind me you know the four plate bench days and stuff where I would have done that stuff like I see you fucking load it up you know Right. So I never really, I never pressed into heavy bands or did like any, you know, but I imagine the lockouts on those are just crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got a ton of good Instagram questions. So uh, I also got some topics. Um, for First of all, Olympia. Yes. I just saw Brando's out. I didn't see that. Yeah. Just posted. Raphael Brandell. How do you say his name? Raphael Brando. Is that I'll it? Accept, I'll accept that because I don't know the answer. Yeah, anyway, said he's out, and it and it listed uh, uh, health reasons or medical reasons, and then I guess it's rumored that he, he has COVID, uh, so I don't know like if that's, that's true sad. or not, or maybe he got hurt or something happened, but uh, yeah, so apparently, according to Instagram, which we all know is infallible, yep. um, and something you want to definitely bet your reputation as a podcaster on. Yeah, we should definitely um, say for sure. <laughs> He absolutely has COVID and is missing a left toe.
1: Those two things for sure. <laughs> More or less, because a guy named
0: Steve posted it. <laughs> right, right. So you know, there's, there's. So how many guys now is that that are out of the O now? We got James, Raphael, M, Rondo, Flex, Yep, Roden. Yeah, that pisses me off. Go he, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and who else won't be there now? I don't know how many people who
1: who have bailed based on the same reason James did. Um, so I don't know. Right?
0: They're just logistics, logistics yeah. of doing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I think it you know makes sense with a lot of them. Is um, shit is uh, is Regan qualified for this year? or I know he's just gonna qualify yeah. for next year. Oh, but he's shit. also yeah, that's for next year. Yeah, but I think he weird. got it on points right.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's the thing. He got in on points and then he also qualified for next year, which is just like such an awesome like oh, what a great when you're thing him. to have. Because mm-hmm. he's he looked fucking awesome. What a young guy with crazy potential that can have time to actually eat. Yeah, to eat, to grow.
1: And I think the and I think they learned a bunch this year because he kept dieting and just kept getting better and better. Yeah. He looks bigger and harder now than he did the first show like both he looks if somebody were to say he gained weight obviously i would know that isn't true but i wouldn't argue based on the way he looks you know what i'm saying right yeah yeah he looked wacky i was stoked for him
0: yeah so that's that's uh i mean it's it's i saw a post by ian today he was just saying man you know canada's doing good we got a whole bunch of pro wins and three guys in the show
1: you know what though it is i mean there's a a new it's not just that they're great bodybuilders but guys that people know. Yeah. Just think about it. Like you know, in the beginning, I mean it's it's kind of back to where it was. You had you had Frank, Fuad, and obviously Ben were kind of the 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 main three out of Canada for for a decade. And Frank yeah. stayed relevant being Frank but wasn't really bodybuilding. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah.
0: Hey buddy, shut up. No he, idea why he's barking.
1: There's Easy someone outside learn. trying to bring you a bunch of money. That's what
0: it is. <laughs> Here, okay. Yeah, and now you got the Ian and um, uh, Antoine and, and Regan. So it's it's you know, like James says, times change. The lineup changes. Oh, it definitely hey. is. It's exciting to watch, though, because it is. It's
1: the the new guys, um, the the older the veterans from Canada can't beat the new guys now, but the new guys aren't to where those guys were at their peak yet, in my opinion. Right. You yep. know what I'm saying? So I th- and, I th- and I think they will be, but they're not there yet. So it'll be interesting to see if they can can have that same uh, legacy as, as Fuad and Ben and them and and kind of push it up, which I think they can because they're also all young.
0: A- another thing, too, is you know that's kind of how it's supposed to work. <clears throat> you know, the, the, the next – The next generation after you should be better and they should surpass what you did because they should be able to if they're smart they should also learn from your mistakes Mm -hmm. and and then obviously in bodybuilding you have a situation where you know the the generation ahead is actually in a lot of cases trying to help out the next generation and and so they're contributing and they're helping to promote them and helping to mindset them the right way and giving them tips and hey don't do this and um you know that like you know on a large scale that trickles down that's 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 why things progress generally they're supposed Mm -hmm. to get better supposed to get bigger you know so um so yeah supposed to be more consistent you know
1: well i think Uh, the guys are getting it too because at the like Fulad is a really um vocal about he looks at it as a responsibility to to help and to promote the sport and to promote promote
0: the next guys and make them better you know yeah, which yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it. And then it, it's also too; it's it's a no brainer. Like, you know, you know, Fuad, like us, makes his living from the industry. So, if you want the industry to grow, you should be willing to promote the people that make the industry tick. Yep. You know, like it's it's a no brainer. So this. The You know, like, Fuad's main complaint that I hear, all, and I totally agree with him, is, like, you know, some of the older guys that shit on bodybuilding all the time or shit on the new guys or shit on yep. the way they do this or shit on that, um, they're, they're they're not helping anything. Like, and that's the thing is, you know, you, even if you do have an opinion on something or a you know, critical opinion on someone or, you know, I always try to, you know, we're, we're not all perfect and we don't all handle things right but if i got something negative to say i'll quite often ask myself okay i've got something negative to say does it help right right does it help at all and if the answer is no then i just keep it to myself often you know mm-hmm. um and and i think that's who you know make complaints these guys are like out there bitching and complaining and hacking on things and um it doesn't help anyone you know we're trying to grow the sport yeah Expand
1: it and, and I think too is it's the game is changing. So you have to it's good. Like these guys are you know, all Matt, look at all of them, they're all killing it and on both sides of the game. And it's like I remind people with the sponsors and stuff, like I'm not a hero, but I want I want mutant to, to, to triple what they did last year in money. Why? Well because then if, if I can prove that I was a reason, pay me.
0: Right. <laughs> Right. It also, make, also makes me think of like, you know, I, I, I sat and thought about another, like other industries and I thought of like, like rock and roll, like the industry of music, you know, imagine if all the old rock bands, all the guys that carried the torch for years and, and you know, established what rock was, you know, guys like the Stones, ACDC, those bands. Imagine if they just constantly were going on interviews saying, fuck, rock sucks now, it's fucking dead. Right. Does that help anything? <laughs> At all, you know, if, if anything, if anything, they're going to sell less back catalog albums. Because right. Because people are going to be like, got oh, rock sucks. You know, it's it's that's why, you you know, they, you should go on and promote the new generation. So, yeah, total agreement there. Um, OK, do you want to hit some of these questions or do you, did yes. you have? A- no, I, I, I got a million questions, so we should definitely get to cranking them. Yeah, I'm actually pretty happy with some of these. OK, we'll start with the training one. Um, it's actually from a a very good friend of mine, Mark Bonner. Um, did you ever specify your training? Like, for example, did you ever do a hypertrophy program followed by a, like a pure strength program? You know, did you ever break things up like that? Is that how you thought? Not when I was bodybuilding, um,
1: before bodybuilding. Yes. Um, I used to do the, uh, bigger, faster, stronger programs, um, when I was playing hockey. So that had, elements of explosiveness for like box drills and you know stuff like that. But then it was a staggering progressive overload program too. Like you'd go in for bench one week and do five sets of five. Then the next week three sets of three. Then you'd come and do twelve eight or ten twelve ten eight. I think the last one was uh five four three two one. And then you'd start over again and try to, to build up. But that that one had all of it kind of involved in the same run. But since I've been bodybuilding, no, it's been put on size, take a break, put on size, take a break.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I never did any, uh, um, you know, real pure strength program training, but I did put, you know, strength stuff into my workouts. Like I was actually just talking with, with, uh, Mark, the guy that asked this question, I was just talking with him the other day about deadlifting and I, um, uh, you know, because he just pulled 700 at the gym the other day, nice. um, which was like, yeah, it was awesome. So we were just talking about, and and I was saying, you know, I I never did a a a, a, a you know a pure single really deadlifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the strongest I ever got was I there was one stage I think it was around 2009 when I was working with Chad, mm-hmm. and uh, I did every back workout. I did five sets of five to start, right? And so it wasn't failure training. It was strength-based, you know, five sets of five with the same weight and slowly increase, like, add, like, a two and a half and do all five sets with that weight. And, you know, you know, maybe the last set you only get three and the next week you get four. So it's progressive overload but with, you know, powerlifter style. Right. And uh, so I did that. And then I would do, like, four movements of back, like, normal hypertrophy style, you right. know. Um, but that was the most strength-based I ever did. When I was working with Scott Abel, I um, – I did get a power program from them once, and it was all sets of five to seven. Like, the whole thing was five to seven reps. Super fucking heavy on everything, and it was like a five-week rotation or something, and there was different different exercises and stuff, but that, it was still meant to like, you know, like I still put weight on, it got bigger. It wasn't like I didn't grow and just got stronger. It wasn't like yeah. an, an Olympic program or something like that.
1: Yeah, you weren't dropping the negatives, or somebody wasn't taking them away. Because you know, I think that's yeah. a lot of where people get confused too. Is <laughs> if you're doing a if you're doing a strength based, a lot of guys you'll see they'll they'll pop up a deadlift and drop it because they're not, they're trying not to put on weight. It's just getting stronger in that same wheelhouse. You know what I mean? Whereas for us, it's yeah. like you said, if I stand it up, that's great, but the amount of pain that goes into bringing it back down
0: is immense. I, I think way too many people drop their deadlifts yep like way too many like 99 percent of people who drop their deadlifts mm. don't understand like how many guys i know that are trying to get bigger mm-hmm. when they're dropping their deadlifts yeah and i'm like don't drop your deadlifts take that negative fucking hang yeah. off it you know make it make it part of the pain you know and um and that's where a lot of you know size and thickness is going to come from uh, that's my opinion, anyways. If if you're trying to get bigger, uh, then you should want negatives on all your movements. You shouldn't want to waste any of your negatives. Um, but if your goal is just pure strength for singles, then I, you can drop your deadlifts. I guess. I'm I don't know. I'm not a scientist, yeah. Dusty.
1: <laughs> you know, sometimes I don't know if I believe that. I think you might be. You know what it is, though is I find uh, what's interesting is when I'll post up a, a deadlift video, it's always someone old school that'll answer like. Cause I do touch and go, but it doesn't make a lot of sound when it hits the ground. Cause it's right. literally yeah. a touch, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. uh, and that's sure. that control of the negative. But for me, it's also what allows me to stay in that groove. I don't know how, right. whether it's a deadlift, a bench, you see these kids like drop a deadlift and then spring back up again. And I'm like, it just feels like something's gonna break or a bench, forget about it. I'm like, how does your yeah. sternum take that 225 pound dump? <laughs> that <laughs> you just yeah. let fall and then spring up, you know? Like yeah, oh. yeah, no. Not yeah. the best route. Hey, what's
0: going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media, and thank you to our great sponsor, truenutrition.com, for making this all possible. Truenutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, truenutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. Okay. Question. Your turn. Your turn. Okay. Hi. What do you
1: think about transgenders? <laughs> Just threw it at me. <laughs> hey, you said it was my turn. It was the first question.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a complicated uh, topic. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm I'm one of these people that I believe that you know you can do whatever you want to do, and I'll I'll call you whatever you want me to call you, um, but I don't think we should be giving kids puberty blockers, right? And I don't think we should be buying in to to mental health issues with teenagers that should be solved other ways, like why has there been such an explosion all of a sudden in the last two years, there's like a hundreds of percent increase in the number of young kids that say they're transgender. Right. So the, the, uh, the two different arguments is they were always there. And the other argument is that it's sort of a thing now. And they're at the most confused point in their life when things are getting difficult. Mm-hmm. So it's not a surprise that they might, you know, and then also too, it's far more common with girls than it is with boys there's right. a lot more girls saying they're trans than there are boys saying they're trans it's like uh, like triple like something mm-hmm. way higher and it is also i've i listened to a couple like uh pretty interesting scientists talk about this um they think you know t- teenage girls are ones going through all this pressure with body image and all that sort of stuff and, and they suspect that this partially, obviously, there's legitimate cases. I think there's a certain percentage that are a lot more what what I would call real cases mm-hmm. of gender is gender dysphoria, the proper term. Um, and then there's a, a lot of cases where I think they're opting out of being what they don't like. They're afraid. They're like, ah, shit, I don't want to be a girl. Look at all the pressure. Look at all this right. shit we have to do. And that's right. like an opt. They get to opt out. You right. say, Hey, I'm, I'm not, I'm neither. Um, and I could see how in today's society with being all the pressure on social media and all the expectations of what, you know, beauty standards and what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to act. I could see how there's a ton of confusion around it. I, my heart goes out to people that have those types of battles. And, um, you know, definitely a lot of, yeah, definitely a lot of compassion for them. I think it'd be one of the most difficult things to go through. Um, my my only thing is I don't think we should just be giving free reign to the opinions of teenagers. Right. Um, I agree. I just yeah I just if you're an adult and you want to take drugs to change your body, hey, I take drugs to change my body. I did it my right. whole life. Yep. So I have no uh, fine. Do what you, do what you want. You want me to call you she or he? That's totally cool. I I people don't realize like, I mean. I was I've I've been a very pro uh, gay, pro freedom, pro uh, LGBT community since I was very young. I mean, when I was 21, I worked in a gay bar bartending, Mm -hmm. you know, and Wednesday night was drag night and they all called me honey. (laughs) and uh and and i wore a tank top and i walked out with 300 bucks in tips every wednesday and i only worked four hours (laughs) i love wednesdays (laughs) yeah and it was one of the fun it was one of the kind of well it was definitely the weirdest bar job i ever had right um just because there was and you know it was very interesting man there was a lot a, a lot of very very heavy hard drug usage in in that bar, in that community, uh, amongst the staff and the management there, it was a pretty crazy scene. I was only there for a short time. I just I didn't have another bartending gig, and it was, it was they were awesome. Um, and uh, but it was it was an interesting insight into that sort of hardcore party world of of that that scene, and I met a lot of interesting people. But yeah, uh, definitely a lot of compassion. My manager was uh, like a full on trans, you know, had all the surgeries and everything. Well, I don't know if if, if she had all the surgeries but had some of the surgeries.
2: <laughs>
0: well, probably, probably just some of the surgeries, you know, to definitely hormones and, and, uh, and breast implants and, and lived life as a woman and all that stuff. And, um, you know, and I called her, I, I called her her and she, and all that. So I'm totally on board, but I just think that we, uh, w- when it comes to parents putting their kids on puberty blockers and stuff, I think this is a, a very strange road that, uh, some people have gone down. Right. Um, you know, you shouldn't be letting your, children tell you what body parts they want to shut down or remove. That's, yeah, that's a, a, that's a tricky thing. thing. I mean, think
1: yeah. about when you, uh, the average person, when they go to college at 18, I tell a lot of people they should maybe wait to even go to college because they have no idea what they're going to do with the rest of their fucking life. Yeah. And picking a major might be tricky. Now cut that back by five years and change your sexuality for yeah. the rest of your life yeah so i totally i'm totally on board with what you're saying but yeah it was it was funny i got that question and it's actually been a, a topic because um there's a there's a few places that i go to where there's transgenders that go there and a friend of mine is a uh, is a bouncer at one of these clubs and he was like see those hot chicks over there i'm like yeah he's like nope i'm like you're kidding yeah, me yeah. And i mean yeah, yeah. It's, it is amazing i mean Oh,
0: yeah. The,
1: I, I, yeah. The, the, I'm like, it's the prettiest woman I've ever seen that didn't start that way. <laughs> like, you know, oh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, the question through me, and I'm like, you know, I'll have a solid answer for this because I see I'm with you, like everyone should do what they're what they want to do. But I also think to a point because, you know, my friends who have 13 year old kids, I don't want them to do everything they want to do on more basic things. You know, the yeah. kid wants to go fishing because yeah. he'd rather go fishing and do a homework. I got to say no. <laughs> and this is a hell of a lot more extreme than ditching out on your homework.
0: Yeah. And <clears throat> there's something, um, you know, I think essentially going through puberty uh, to become a man or to become mm-hmm. a woman, um, X, Y or XX. X. Um, it's you. That's sort of one of the yeah, that's sort of one of the ultimate. Face reality periods of your life, mm-hmm. like you and you know everyone has to go through it. It's like a tunnel you have to walk down, and you don't quite know what's on the other side. Like you could grow a foot during puberty, you know what I yep. mean. Like you could go into puberty five foot two and come out six feet tall, yep. or you could go in five seven and come out five eight. You don't know. Like it's all a bit of a lottery when we go through it, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know we just don't know what lies on the other side, but I think that that's sort of part of developing who we really are. We have to, I think we have to actually, you know, become an adult. I think becoming an adult is is physically and emotionally and mentally and going through all those challenges is very important. And I think that, you know, aside from just the physical stuff like blocking puberty blockers to prevent puberty, Mm -hmm. I think you're essentially preventing, you're just denying reality like you're not letting right. reality see in like okay you you say you don't want to be say a girl but you're not a woman yet right Go. you need you need to go through this journey you need mm-hmm. to like, like you might be happy on the other side you might be like fuck I, I you know like by the time you get to the other side life is going to be different right and that's just how I see puberty I almost see it like like we all have to go through it I can't imagine blocking it, it just seems like you're blocking uh, the inevitable right um or something you need to go through anyways. Yeah, like you said, then when you get to the other side, if you're still in that spot, then flip the switch. Yeah, but then they say, oh, my body's changed too much. I'm like, I don't know. I just can't see letting young kids. I just don't yeah. like it. No, young I know. Young you kids are fucking stupid, man. Young kids are fucking stupid. Let's just be honest. Yeah, that's up like, to like
1: 35 from my experience.
0: <laughs> emotional and easily swayed and influenced by your friends. And yeah, did I mention emotional, you know? So you know, that's that's the main thing I see. Anyways, good question. I'm glad you love it, uh, dude. got got political enough that I might get hate mail now. Yeah, we're definitely so. a shot, but uh,
1: hey, it was yeah, cool. Yeah. And, I, and
0: I didn't say anything, so you're
1: fucked. Um <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, you, didn't, you didn't give me are you just gonna nod and go a little bit. Well you nailed it all. I was like, Okay, good job. Good job, Rod.
0: <laughs> yeah. You you give me the next landmine. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, okay. There's a few good training ones here. Oh, yeah. Do you, well, here's one just for prep. Do you ever pull condiments or artificial sweeteners at the end of prep? Uh, I do if I
1: need to. Um, and for me, that's uh, here and there. Like I, I have actually pulled out Splenda before because there's been times when I, I actually noticed some uh, bloating in my stomach. So I pulled it out for a week and it, and it helped. Um, but I most time no. And I've never pulled condiments.
0: Okay. Um, I used to pull all that stuff off of everybody just to mm-hmm. kind of be safe. It was kind of like what we did back in the day. Yep. Um, and then I just kind of noticed that a lot of people don't change at all. They still look the same. Yep. Um, the, thing with, uh, the thing with condiments is they should be very consistent. And yes. also like – so when you – I find if someone's just using like, you know, sea salt, hot sauce, maybe one sugar-free sauce – Mm-hmm. And just nailing their food, they don't need to pull it, but when they're using three different sugar free barbecue sauces, a bunch of that syrup on their oatmeal, chew an entire pack of gum a day, drinking seven diet sodas, putting twelve splendas in every cup of coffee, they have to it's they have out. to get yeah, yeah that you have to stop you can't i I think that that is when well, first of all, I think that you know artificial sweeteners are tied to inflammation in the gut, so I think that we're fine as long as we just don't abuse them and minimize yeah. them. You know, I put one Splenda in my coffee. There's however much sweetener in a scoop of protein powder. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, I don't use much. So, um, you know, sometimes it's just that comes back down to moderation, you know. Yeah. Well, I think like you said, too, it's it's
1: it's making sure that you're consistent because that's how you can, as a coach, that's what you can watch. Like, I tell my clients when they're like, oh, can I have a little sugar-free syrup or sugar-free ketchup? Go, go, go. I'm like, well, how much? And be consistent because yeah. what happens is you'll have people that all of a sudden are using a lot more than they had. in one one meal. Now they're on six meals. Now they're doing more than they were. And now we're talking calories. It's actually becoming right. a math thing also. Or like the, the big right. one that I hammer on is uh, early on, early 2000s, I was helping a bunch of girls uh, with figure and they were all doing the I can't believe it's not butter spray. And I oh, had a couple yeah, of just them. Just that pure were, oil. Well, that was the thing. And so I had a couple of them that were, went stagnant. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then coincidentally, one was in my store for a check in while she needed to eat. And I watched her take the lid off and pour it. And I was like, wait a minute. So I called the company. There are 900 calories in a bottle. I was yeah, like. Going to your yeah, she's yeah. going through three, four bottles a week. Yeah, so, you know, she was adding a couple hundred calories on a figure girl that's 100 pounds diet. That's a huge percentage of additional calories every day. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know, See, because the way the, the laws work here, what they do is they list it as less than a calorie, but a serving is one and a
0: half sprays. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's minuscule. The
0: serving size is where they get you.
1: Yeah, they're lying you know? because nobody uses one and a half sprays. I mean... I don't even like butter. And it's like, if I'm putting it on a potato, it's fucking 10 sprays. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. those things people have to look into. Cause I think that we, you want to believe that's okay, but it's like, use your head. You're pouring it in,
0: <laughs> you know? <Right. laughs> so I, but- I, I definitely agree. That's a bad one. And I've seen that happen and I don't mean to rag on the females, but Not everything has to fucking taste like cake.
1: And us. He's writing on the females and me. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) Actually, I I purposely sounded extra cynical there just for a second. He's like, or cake, asshole. Or cake. (laughs) Yeah, you know? So, okay. Um, We had a good one here. Oh, I'm just reading the one where they're saying I'm a great guy and they don't have a question for me. They just wanted to take a minute say how much you appreciate thanks mom (laughs) what's the craziest non-lifting thing you've ever seen go down in a gym oh
1: that's easy uh i watched a guy who uh got into a disagreement with the owner of the gym walked outside when the owner wouldn't fight him and kicked over his harley and waited for him to come out (laughs) <laughs> and the one yeah. did not come out <laughs> really just, just took it and i'm like well, this is interesting yeah i've seen a few though i've seen quite a few fist fights in gyms uh over yeah. the years um and yeah but that was the biggest one just because even though nothing happened it was one of those things where you're like everyone's just kind of like well what's gonna happen now you got to do something yeah <laughs> So yeah, that was that was an extreme case, and I was also, I was still new to the gym, so I was definitely like a little intimidated in general to be in that environment, and then this big freak is out screaming and kicking over motorcycles, and I'm kind of like, "Ah, steroids really cause a problem, huh? Okie dokie." Yeah, that's funny. That that was definitely the most intense
0: one I've seen. I uh, I remember one time. I was at the gym. This was in Edmonton. It was at one of the World Health clubs that I used to train at, and uh, I knew all the shitbags bags from the bar, right? Because I was working in the bar, so I knew right. like a lot of the a lot of the fucking you know underworld. And there was this guy He was like kind of a pimp, mm-hmm. and uh, he was always nice to the door guys, but like you know he's a you know operationally he's a piece of shit, right? And um, anyways, he comes into the gym one time just fucking like. He looks like he's fucking fuming and he walks across the gym and there was this kid there that was like a real shit bag. I'd kicked him out of the gym before or kicked him out of the bar before, but like we were on okay terms cause he knew he was an idiot. And uh, anyways, that guy just walked over to him and just started slapping the shit out of him, like open hand slaps, just fucking walking through the dumbbell area, stepping over benches, just fucking smack, smack. The kid, kid gets back up, smack again. Kid trips over a bench, lands on his back, scrambles, gets back up, smack. Just fucking like <laughs> bare hand, just fucking left, right. That's, that's casual, so demoralizing. Wearing, wearing his winter jacket. Like, no gym bag, just walks into the gym, fucking just smack, smack. The kid's in his workout clothes, just stumbling, falling all over the place. The kid gets back up, runs around the outs- the other side of the dumbbells, and this guy picks up a 45-pound plate and just fucking throws it at him. And he turns, and it hits him in the arm, and he falls over, and every- and then he just walks out. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> no I'd have to stop fuck. him real quick and be like, I just want to know what it was
1: about, just because curiosity. Yeah, Morbid I remember
0: curious. I was... I was sitting on the incline bench under the Smith machine. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was doing my wrist wraps up and I was like fucking with my headphone and I just heard this, you know, whoa, kind okay, of chaos. And I turn and he's just walking through the dumbbell area, this dummy and he's just dummying this kid. And I saw him come in, right? Cause I, I knew who he was. I saw I saw him come in like the one side and I was like, oh, he's here. And then, like, next thing I know, he's just smacking the shit out of his kid, throws a plate at him. That's, that's the good old days because now you can't do
1: that kind of shit. Somebody'd be arrested. There'd be a big thing. I'm sure the kid did some stupid shit. He needed to get oh, smacked probably. around. So he did. Probably. I imagine he'd have to do something pretty stupid for that guy to come in like that. Yeah, he didn't even – that just, guy didn't even have a membership for the gym. He's like, I don't need to train. I'll be here, I'll be here for a second. You know, we really, had a uh, – I used to train with two DEA guys. And uh, we would laugh. Oh yeah, okay. Because we would uh, we would see this guy come in every morning with a coffee cup. He'd go into the locker room, and they come out without the coffee cup and leave every day, or come out on the floor. So he was obviously making deliveries, and they don't care. Like the amount of drugs that that is. These guys are looking for semis, not the, the guy delivering to the gym. So we're in the locker room one day after they had a big case one night, and. We're talking, and one of my guys is like, dude, I'm just dead. And the guy literally looks at me and goes, "Hey, uh, if you ever need a pick me up, just let me know." And he goes, "Yeah, we've seen the coffee cup routine. It's it's really tired, to be honest with you. But being that I'm a DEA guy, there's just not much I can do with that." And the dude's face just went white, <laughs> and I don't think we ever saw him again. <laughs> oh my god, I was That's like, funny. oh, the way he did it, he was just so Dutch a lot. I was like, that guy is pissing his pants in the car right now.
0: right 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 i i forgot that i saw the cops come into the gym one time and arrest a guy he was sitting on sitting on a bench like in between sets and -hmm. all these cops just came in and just surrounded him and you know they were pretty fucking serious you know got him down on the ground hands behind his back yeah they went and got his gym bag they went and did yeah walked him out so yeah that was that was interesting you know? Yeah. See, I, but I think the smack story is the greatest because I would like, oh, like, yeah.
1: That's one of those things where you'd watch it happen. You're like, wow. Yeah. There's been so, I mean, if you start thinking about how many weird things you've seen in the gym, you're just like, you know, the guys that take their shirt off randomly. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> you, you can't, no, 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 no. Not here. Yeah. We've had, we've had a few of those. Those are great, man. Yeah. I think whoever asked that question, they can stick around. That's a good one. That's fun. <laughs> okay your turn oh okay let's see here bum, bum, bum. okay how do gyms motivate people to come back after months off due to covid how do gyms is it the gyms job to motivate you
0: well i think some gyms it's their model that they like the, the, some gyms have the model uh where they're kind of going after like the regular person and stuff right so they might have to work harder to get people to like trust them mm-hmm. um oh to i come see what back. you're saying Cause yeah, cause I've gone on like some, you know, I've done a lot of reading and gone down some rabbit holes on like, you know, different Instagram pages of different fitness facilities and gyms. And I see that staggering difference in comments from the kind of the serious gyms to the fitness clubs. Mm. It's like a completely different world. The, the, the gyms are like, we love you guys. We fucking love you. We love that you're open. Thank you so much for keeping the gym clean. It's awesome. it's fucking train. And then I go to like the, some of the fitness clubs in different cities, obviously, and, uh, and the comments will be like, um, I saw someone touch their face and then touch a dumbbell the other day. You guys aren't doing a good job. You're irresponsible. Like, you know, <laughs> just like this ridiculous level of just childish, uh, you know, refusal to take any fucking responsibility for themselves or their own actions or their own health or mm-hmm. like just – You know what I mean? Like everyone else's fault. Everything needs to be done for me. I'm a fucking idiot that needs everyone to take care of my fucking feelings like those types of people. And a lot of them, a lot of those people, they train at like, you know, planet fitness, fitness clubs, that sort of thing. They they have to deal with a lot of those people. And uh, so it's, um, you know, we're just lucky down at down at West Coast. Everyone's just like, hey, man, I do whatever I got to do to help you guys. Just keep rolling. Keep trucking, you know? Yeah. Um, and, We've had a and, lot of that, know,
1: too, with uh, with you know. with Muscle Factory because he's got all the cleaning shit everywhere. And uh, and people are really – like, it's funny. I actually had to, like, tell a couple of the kids because we're right by the school. Like, hey, I appreciate you guys wiping the equipment off. But do me a favor. Spray the towel because you're leaving it wet. <laughs> like, right. like, they're spraying. And I'm like, that's, that's – that feels – more gross than you just not wiping it off for me I don't right know.
0: right 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 yeah <laughs> you know but, like, but you know, it at has, least life, yeah it has
1: it does seem to me though like like you said with these gyms so i think a lot of the uh big gyms down here are going further and further into trying to do this excellent job are you frozen oh my god you didn't blink nope, for like nope. a minute that was amazing nope. i was just uh, right in on you were, you were, you were zoned. So no, but uh, a lot of the big gyms here are losing customers to the hardcore gym now because they're putting in so they're creating their own rules that don't even exist. They're even more stringent than they have to be. Um, so like Lifetime Fitness down here, I've I actually talked to somebody who's kind of that works there. They're at like 30% of what they were before COVID. But they're like being membership. Yeah. Like down seventy percent because wow. like we have certain masks like the little plastic ones that come off your chin and just come about nose height. Those are fair game for restaurants, any other place. So they're fair game for obviously gyms. They don't allow them. Right. So people are literally leaving based off of that, or or just how they're approaching people to ask them to, you know, wear their mask and stuff. Because because I had that at EOS. Uh, we were in there training one day. and I literally, it was just Tommy and I, I had just taken a drink and I'm standing there. I had my mask around my chin. I'd be honest. I don't fucking want to wear the thing at all, but whatever. Um, and I literally had a, a 17 year old kid like beeline it to me. And he literally goes, I'm not going to tell you again to put your mask on. And I looked at him and I'm like, have you been punched in the face before? Or is today going to be your first time? Right. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, that's, you're never going to fucking talk to me like that. And he was, like, frozen, didn't know what to do. And meanwhile, he had his mask down under his nose. I'm like, you don't even have your fucking mask on. I do, I do. It's different because the mouth, I go, explain it to me. Explain to me how it's fucking different. Yeah. And if, you know, I course, a course, he, he yeah. yeah, he literally, he leaves. And the funny thing was is then the manager comes over and he's like, hey, sorry. He, he went to complain to him. And they know that I'm not trying to be an asshole in the gym. And he literally came out and was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, dude, there are some people in this gym that are seven figure people that are not going to accept that. It will right. not go well for your gym. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you walk over. Hey, dude, I don't like it either. But, you know, we got to do them. Oh, hey, yeah, no problem. My bad. Done. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I'm like, I mean, I'm being schooled by a 17 year old. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> not in this fucking lifetime. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> anyway, you're okay. up. You're up. You're up. Hey, um, you a nice, Dick. Sorry. My gym has the worst leg machines ever. Any leg movements that you recommend to replace hacks leg press, aside from just squatting forever? <laughs> so, what are your favorite leg movements? Aside from obviously squats.
1: Uh, So he didn't say about a Smith machine. So I actually love a Smith squat. I love a reverse. I like reverse lunges for hamstrings on a Smith. I like lunges on a Smith. Um, I like Bulgarian split squats with dumbbells or on a Smith. Um, You know, for adductors, you can do a uh, sumo style dead. I mean, the the list is literally ridiculous. You got to think longer. I mean, yeah. A Bulgarian split squat will destroy you
0: if you know how to do it. Plus, I mean, also squats aren't squats. Like, you know, there's a difference between, you know, the high bar. bar, you know, rear delt squats with a wider stance, you know, pounding out whatever weight you're pounding and, uh, And, you know, high bar, heels elevated, feet shoulder-width apart, you know, sitting on your quads, trying to stay up. You know, there's all those different things. They're completely different exercises. So, Mm -hmm. and you could go into the squat rack and do three different movements. Yeah, easily. Yeah,
1: I mean, a walking lunge versus a stationary lunge hits muscles different. I think the big key is, and I feel you, I mean, like, I'm so spoiled that I used to, prior to having Muscle Factory, uh, travel to different gyms based on what I was training that day because I have that much availability, but you don't need to. You know, if you don't have the money Uh, or the time, like you can annihilate
0: yourself with a barbell and some dumbbells. Another thing too is make sure you've fully explored the uh, quote unquote shitty leg press and hack squat that 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 gym has. You Mm know, uh, maybe the leg press sucks for standard heavy ass, you know, leg pressing like how you and I did most of our leg pressing through our lives. Right. Maybe it's not a, it's not a great leg press for that, but maybe if he like wedges a pad in behind his hips and puts his feet a little low on the platform, he can do like a, a slow negative, real quad fucking or set, and it actually feels awesome. Right, that's no, true. You know, like, actually, like you the, can fuck with it, right? We have a we have a
1: Body Masters leg press at uh, that's being replaced, but that's currently what we have, and the pitch of the seat to the platform is wrong. It's just wrong. There's right. like no two ways about it. So I have found I have to go a little shallow. Um, let, I don't let my knees go out beyond my body like I usually would. But I right. can make it – like you said, feet are super low. It's a little bit of a shallow rep. But if I'm doing 20, 25 reps, my quads are destroyed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't have another option,
1: hat. you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe he can, maybe, hey, who knows? Maybe the hack squat is actually okay for, like, Tom Platt sissy squats or something. Like, it might or not be Or for reverse. Or for reverse. Yeah. I mean, or yeah, you got to play with it. you right. Stance, you know? Sometimes, uh, sometimes you just got to make it work, you know? Yeah. So, I've made some shitty equipment work. I remember this one leg extension. It didn't have very good range. Like, it would set down on you. Right. So, I would take this hard, kind of hard pad, and I would elevate myself forward a little bit and then i'd lean back so you move. had a way to stretch <laughs> it, it just it gave me like an inch more range of motion right but that was an inch past 90 right yeah, and it so was like, like it. all is like all it was like right where you hit <laughs> every inch past 90 you want right yeah and so it's just enough to make the extension like oh, okay i can i can use this you know yeah um okay oh well it's your turn now that was my question but you were so excited. You had like an O. Oh, I was ready for it. I know. I got the next one's all for me.
1: Oh, we got another one of those. Well, Ron, you can speak on both sides now. Do you miss not being able to wear nice clothes, suits, etc. When
0: you were, let's say, when you were really big? Um, I've never been like. I, I'm a, I'm just such a casual chill dude like I just I dressed I wouldn't have dressed any different I don't think mm-hmm. um, except for like certain times where I you know like I remember one time I short notice had to go to a wedding and I didn't have fucking anything so it's like wore this sweater that I had right you know, and <laughs> I just I I remember I felt like kind of an idiot because, like, everyone else had a suit jacket. I wasn't in the wedding. I was just a guest, you know, at the reception. But, like, everyone else had a suit and I just had a sweater because I didn't have anything at the point, you know. I was running right. in the bar. And then I got, you know, old enough that, you know, my best friend got married, so I got a suit made, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm a man now, you know. <laughs> like, you know, finally got a suit made, you know. And then, and then you know, uh, you know I, I would have a couple of shirts if I really had to dress up, I could put them on, you know, that sort of thing. I've mean, got a pair of dress dress pants made once, but I, you know, I um, I would always just, you know, kind of avoid dressing up. Dressing up for me has always been like, oh, I got my good jeans on and I'm going for a steak. <laughs> That's it. It's the exact same as me, you uh, know.
1: Same thing. I mean, for me, suits I have made, so yeah, my yeah, no suits are as good as as any suit there is. Um and the other stuff, the only thing that I would say sucks a little bit is I do like some of the casual going out styles, like a, like the t-shirts that kind of fit decently. But I, you'll understand this. When you're 195 pounds and you want to wear a tank top to the mall, it's fine. But I feel like when I wear a tank top to mall, I'm that douchebag that had to wear yep. a tank top to make sure everybody saw me wearing a tank top. Yep. And it's really not that. It's, it's 120 fucking degrees. And I, too, yeah. don't want to have clothes on. So it's the same with these shirts is I hate a shirt that's pinned around my arm because I feel like that guy. I right. wish it was loose around my arm like it is on everyone else. <laughs> so exactly. I could just wear the cool shirt and call it a day. You know what I mean? So yeah. – that's really my only complaint is more the minor cleanup, like you said, because I, t- the amount of times I need to put on like slacks is zero. Um, yeah. I own them, but, in uh, button ups, all that stuff is easy to get custom, but you're not making a shirt custom.
0: It's just yeah, kind of yeah. like, yeah, it fits kind of shitty. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I had, I started getting suits made for MC and shows. So now I've got, I think I have five complete suits and a couple extra jackets now. Um, and and it was funny because uh, Emily and I went out for she took me out for my birthday, right? Yep. And uh, and she even joked, she's like, "Oh, you should throw on one of your suits." And I was like, "No one's paying me to put it on." Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> this is my birthday. <laughs> I'm gonna be all uncomfortable and hot for the whole dinner, you know? <laughs> you know people far
1: underestimate uh, how little I want to sacrifice comfort oh. to look a
0: certain way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> okay, here's one. This is definitely geared towards me, but I'm I, I get to have a selfish moment, so I get to ask it because I'm very excited. I love it. Let's do it. Um, it's about new Ace, a- What is your review of the new ACDC album? See, I said it's a band. <laughs> Go. Uh, this this guy says, is it the best album since Flick of the Switch? Um. I need you to go deep on this because I have no idea. So run with this. Okay. I'll give you a proper review. Um, so I've listened to the whole album start to finish. It came out like a few days ago, probably gone through it about 20 times now. Um, Same thing. and, and really listened to it. Like I sat just with headphones on several times and just listened to the whole thing. Um, and I'm listening to like all the little things they did in production, and where the backup vocals go, and how loud the, everything is, and just the the quality of the album. And um, I think the album sounds absolutely fantastic. It is it's um, the same producer that they had for the last two albums, uh, but uh, I thought the last two albums were like possibly a little too shiny for me and uh like a little too perfectly polished, produced, yeah a little yeah. just i don't know what the feeling was, but just a little bit too polished because he's kind of one of those producers, um, recorded here in Vancouver, by the way, all three of them um, but this album, I feel like they i I read and heard in some interviews that they recorded you know they they tried to make it a little more raw, like they played some of the tracks just in a room, and they they did some different stuff with some mics, and um, it sounds fucking awesome. Now, the cool part about the album is Angus said all the riffs, every single riff off the record, came from the last real round of sessions he had with his brother before he died, which was when they were making the 2008 album, Black Ice. Because mm-hmm. when they when they went to make Rocker Bust, which was the following album, that's when Malcolm realized he couldn't remember how to play guitar and he was losing it. Wow. That's when Stevie Young, their nephew, stepped in and finished the album with them and toured and did the Mm -hmm. tour and then malcolm obviously died of dementia you know in 2017 so um this was the last time that you know malcolm was operating at full capacity and him and angus were writing riffs and they had so many riffs for that album that they just put like dozens of them on the rocks and um so angus went back to those and he He got all the riffs that he liked, the way that they were written. He didn't alter them. He wanted them to be, you know, the riffs that him and Malcolm wrote. He didn't want to further tweak them Mm -hmm. um, because he wanted Malcolm to, you know, really be in the album. You know, for fans like me that are like lifetime fans, the relationship between Angus and his brother Malcolm, I mean, they are ACDC, right? And Malcolm was actually kind of more of the like riff writer. And um, had a lot of the creative ideas as to how, you know, they're going to make the songs and stuff. And so Angus really wanted that to be on the album. Um, so the songs are all built around those riffs. And uh, it sounds fucking great. There's some killer riffs on it. Like, I think the riffs, the guitar riffs are, are more old school ACDC than they have been the last couple albums. I think it's their best, their best album, easily their best album in 20 years, easily of the last like four or five albums. It's the best one. Um, and every time I listen to it, I like it more and more. And there's a couple tracks on it that, that there's, there's a uh, one track that hits a little bit deeper than normal because you, it's obviously about Malcolm's decline. Right. And uh, so, you know, ACDC, you know, they, they write either like, you know, just good, like uh good sound and you know kind of rock and roll lyrics or they'll have you know like you know they'll have a bit of double entendre in there with sex and ladies and partying and stuff there's always some little jokes in there but uh the mist there's a song called through the mist of time Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's sort of when i hear it i think it's just obviously about malcolm and how you know he slowly lost his grip on on who he was and what he was and angus said uh in an interview that i just saw. Um, he said that uh, Malcolm dying was actually a huge relief for him. It was the decline that he found. Yeah, that, yeah that, it was hard. Yeah. yeah. And he said he used <clears> to go <throat> he used to go visit Malcolm, and he would just sit there and play guitar. And he said um, while he would play, he could actually see Malcolm like come around a little bit. And he said right. Mal- Malcolm would tap his foot. Right. And then uh, he said Malcolm occasionally, because Malcolm had that thick Aussie accent, that real Aussie, like, I can't do it. It's just like super Australian, deep, deep Aussie accent, right? Right. And, uh, and that real throaty town, like he, that's how, and he's, and so when Angus told the story, he said every once in a while, like Malcolm got to a point where he couldn't talk, right? Right. But every once in a while when he played him guitar, he would go, that's good, that rocks.
1: Right. That's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: So it's, it was, it's a big deal. It's the album that we were never going to get. It's the album we weren't supposed to get. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian, Brian's hearing went on him and he couldn't finish the last tour. And then the bass player, after the last tour, the bass player retired. Cliff said, I'm done. That's been incredible. And basically the band was done, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Angus started digging through these riffs and he thought, fuck, I, I think there's an album here. And he called the guys up and said, do you want to come to Vancouver and record this fucking thing? And they all said, yep. And, uh, so, you know, yeah. So, and, and for those that don't know, like they, they really, really try to keep Malcolm's sound. So for example, Stevie young, the nephew who plays rhythm now, he's playing Malcolm's guitar. Right. Oh Shit. Yeah. Like the whole time he toured on the last album, it was, he's playing Malcolm's, Malcolm's guitar. He's playing his old Gretsch and, uh, he recorded with it on the album and, and the reason they got Stevie is because they said Stevie's the only guy that knew how to play like Malcolm and he could play every song just like Malcolm. And when he sings backup voice, he's got the same he's got the same voice. Right. So there's a bunch of moments on the album where because Malcolm used to sing most of the backup. The other guys would pitch in on some songs, but you know, Malcolm and, and Cliff would always sing like the, you know, like Thunderstruck. Ah, 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 ah right? Yeah. That's Malcolm and Cliff, like the bass player. That's them singing that. Right. right. And so backup vocals are a big part of ACDC, you know? Think sure, yeah. of, of the thunder or yeah. the TNT. Oi. Oi. You know, like that's right. all Malcolm's and all that stuff. So if you want Malcolm's sound on the album, the backup vocals have to match too. And Stevie sounds fucking awesome. Right. It sounds it's like sick. Malcolm is on this record. And and the song Through the mist of Time that I said kind of hit a little heavy for me. They sort of have a long outro where there's a where there's like a, a backup vocal. And it mm-hmm. it's and it's it sounds just like Malcolm is singing it. And they they let it go for quite a while at the end of that song. Right. And it's uh, I don't know. I think it's fantastic. It's the album I wasn't supposed to get. I'm very happy to have it. There probably won't be a tour to go with it. Who knows how right. the world will work. These guys are pretty old. Brian's 72 now. Um, you know, Angus is 65. Um, Cliff's 71, I think. Like, you know, um, and I have to say one more thing. Uh, for the album the the music nuts out there that that know what I'm talking about but Phil Rudd is one of the greatest drummers of all time and he did it with doom tch, doom, tch, doom tch. It's fucking perfect he sounds fucking awesome on this record man Phil Rudd is a machine and for a guy that doesn't play is my favorite Phil Rudd quote was you know ever no one thinks of DC when they think of good drummers because right. Phil, Phil is different. Phil said, a good drummer knows when not to drum. <laughs> right? And right. another 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 Phil Rudd quote is, is this a drummer band or a guitar band? Because last time I checked, this was a guitar band. I right. got one job. You know? <laughs> I love a guy who's like, this is my lane. And then he also said, he goes, uh, I never wanted to be one of those dental drummers. And the interviewer goes, dental drummer? And he goes, Yeah. Always looking for a fill. (laughs) You know? (laughs) He's like, nah, it's the space that makes ACDC. It's the open space. It's the space between the drum beats. It's the fucking foot tap. You can't fucking help it. Like, you put this record on, and, like, Emily doesn't really care about ACDC, but I put it on the other day, and, like, she was in the kitchen, and she was, like, doing this. Right. (laughs) And, like, and, and that... I guess to sum it all up is that's why this album has malcolm all over it because malcolm said the only thing he ever fucking cared about when they made a record was do you tap your foot right when that's that's the secret so and and i and you tap your foot on this record man the whole way through so that's my review there you go that was phenomenal ron
1: see this is why i gotta let you run sometimes just like go 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 I would not let you come off small with that one because I didn't know. Yeah. Like, you got you're telling me is what's happening
0: right there. So did we lose eighty percent of our viewers at this point, Scott? Can give us the. Uh, no, I think we gained. Ball.
1: I think we gained some in
0: that aren't interested in bodybuilding. Sometimes see? I'm afraid to go off, Dusty. Some I have to admit, sometimes I hold back because I'm like, eh, nah.
1: Yeah, but if if you were derailing, I would be like, so. Baseball, right. huh? Right.
0: How about how about that game?
1: Yeah. What game? Doesn't matter, Ron. Just switch lady. on to the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm, I hate to do this because I wanted to roll into something a little lighter after that, but uh, it's a good question, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Um, a guy asks, um, which of course I just scanned off, and I wanted to get it. There we go. How did you know, it's directed to me, but I'm gonna have you do it as well. How did you handle losing your father? In your case, your mother. Um, Sorry about that, but your perspective is always strong. I'm going to have you lead this one because I
0: I asked. Well, that's an interesting question because I just thought about that not long ago, like within the last couple of weeks. Um, You know, I'm not sure if I've actually properly handled it yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know how much time it takes to properly kind of handle and process something like losing a parent especially you know I was close to my mom you know I love my mom very much so um it's uh you know I, I don't know if sometimes I wonder if I skipped it because you know life goes on and we we move on and you know I I wonder like sometimes I I think to myself like was I supposed to have like a breakdown or was I supposed to have two weeks where I could just cancel everything or was I supposed to right like was i supposed to have to go see a therapist like was i supposed to have to like call my sister a lot and talk about it like because i didn't really do any of that stuff right and and you know i had moments where i'm like is there something wrong with me should i have had to do that stuff (laughs) am i fucked up i mean (laughs) yeah and then and then also the thought like oh maybe it's gonna hit me in like three more months I just so preoccupied, you know, there was like a short period of time and then COVID hit and we've kind of all had a lot going on and maybe, you know, when life returns to whatever normal is, I'm going to like have like a, a sudden realization that, you know, my mother's no longer there. Like there's always those kind of like thoughts, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, I, I mainly, I guess the question is, how did you handle it? Mm -hmm. I guess the question is, I just, Uh, My mom was like a real no-bullshit person who didn't – she hated whiny people and people who bitch and complain. And life is tough. No one said it was going to be easy. Like that's the type of person she was. Right. You know, know, uh, well, 100 years ago, we all had to kill every single meal we ate, you know. So fucking life isn't – like, you know, like she was a pioneer woman, right, you know. Right. So, you know, how do you handle anything? You just fucking – Keep going. Yeah, just handle it.
1: I so. agree. That makes sense. Uh, for me, I mean, it's a little different, and I mean, I, I like the question, but I think people should recognize number one is how you handle it is how you handle it. It's yeah. okay, whatever that is. Um, in my case, opposite of you, as a lot of people know, like I did not have a great relationship with my dad, um, and he had committed suicide. So when it happened, uh, was a situation where I actually I knew in a second. My, uh, his, his ex-girlfriend or his girlfriend at the time, uh, called me, which was weird all by itself. And I answered the phone and she's like, Hey, um, I'm at your, I'm at the house. Your dad's motorcycles are all here. His cars are here. Uh, his dog is here and the door to his office is closed. And I said, do not open that door. I'm on the way. Call the cops. Uh, he committed suicide. And she was like, what? And I'm like, you already knew that's why you called me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, so just whatever. And I went, same thing, handled it. Uh, Only thing I did that was a little, they think is a little weird, is uh, I had to go see, which people would tell you not to do. Um, That closes doors for me. I have to see things. Right. You need like, okay, that's, yeah. And because I was able to get there first, I was able to do that. Um, And I wouldn't recommend that to 99% of people. Because it's, it's not something you can erase, um, yeah. but it's something I didn't want to erase. So it was a decision, like bam, go in, okay, that's real, Yeah. now, now wait. Um, and the only thing that's different in my case is over time, um, number one, I was closer with him after he died um, because I started to understand some things, I started to let things go, um, I started remembering good things that we had and forgetting bad things. Um, right. you know, because yes, we do. were, you know, we were, uh, motorcycles were our only common ground. Um, so I actually still own one of his bikes. Uh, I don't drive it, but I have it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we just, and I think as I've gotten older and, and experienced life, I have a better understanding of the mistakes he made. And now I'm like, okay, you know, sucks. Um, and definitely should have handled that differently, but now I get it. Um, and I also know where he came from. So he had less guidance than I did. I mean, I moved out when I was 16, but I still had parents. Um, he moved out when he was 14 and didn't, you know, so right. like you said earlier, when you're talking about puberty and going through and learning, like that's a big window to just handle your shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, actually, for me, my relationship is stronger now. And for years, I mean, he he died in 2008 uh I would get uneasy a few days before every year. Um, and a lot of people don't know this and it sounds really twisted, but he committed suicide on a date he knew I wouldn't forget. He actually wrote it in his suicide letter. It was on purpose. Um and I used to get worked up for a few days before and it was kind of a big deal. And I remember a couple of years ago, I woke up on December ninth and went, Oh, that was yesterday. And that was good. It was like, okay, you know, that's done. But I was never, I was the same as you. Like, I remember at the funeral watching people wait, they they were just waiting for me to crack. And I could see it. And I'm like, I'm not like putting on a show here. I don't, cause I don't have, I have a weird thing with like death doesn't freak me out. It doesn't. Right. We die. We die. Yeah. In the end you die. Like how you yeah. die, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. Um, and I also don't, I know it sounds terrible, but if if, you, if it's your time to go and you're a 50-something-year-old man and you make that choice, do your thing, homie. Like, it, it sucks that that's where you're at and that you didn't have someone to help you through. But if you're done, you're done, you know. So, yeah, not a, not a huge – there was no handling it. I just – each day, I mean, I think the only thing I did was like the night after, I think I made the decision to go get hammered. Like I was like, all right. So I went to a place we used to go. I drank until I needed a ride home and that was it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I'm thoroughly fucked and wasted a bunch of money. I guess I'll get out of here. And that was it. So yeah, no, no big thing. I think if, but if someone's dealing with it differently, I mean, like I said at the beginning, my answer is let things roll how they will. And I think in time, even you Ron, in a year, five years, 10 years, the connection to it changes. And I think your appreciation, and you already had a great relationship, will be even higher because you'll start to see more and more things in your life that were impacted by her raising you. And it's like, fuck, man, I'm glad you did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. It's been very interesting because there's been a lot of that already, you know? Right. So it's, uh, you know, you definitely losing a parent. Um, what did I read? I read something about losing your first parent and then, you know, well, for people who are fortunate fortunate enough to have two two parents the whole time anyways but right apparently losing your first parent is supposed to be like a certain type of effect and then right. when you lose your second parent or your only parent yeah there's like another dramatic sort of change in you that normally happens you know yeah which so, makes sense yep all right you just, better
1: I, bust out something humorous bitch this now? we've went way too deep bring us back
0: yeah <laughs> Um, should have saved the training one. Damn it. (laughs) Who are some of the bodybuilders that didn't go pro, but you always think of them as like amazing bodybuilders and top of their game.
1: Didn't go man. Well, so cause they were kind of before me, but the nineties has just a, a laundry list of guys who, Oh, the nineties man. Well, I would have slayed at,
0: at a national show next weekend. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the first uh, first name I always think of is Edgar Fletcher. Yep. And for those of you that don't know Edgar Fletcher, just Google that name. He just had to, he just had a crazy physique, man. What a shape and structure and he was a, I think he was a Gold Venice guy, wasn't he? Edgar Fletcher? I believe but, so, yeah. But man, yeah, he was he was amazing. Just never got the pro card, but that was like the the Tom Prince era with like all those fucking nutty yeah. Top-level guys in the 90s there. remember him and Titus battling at USAs, and I think Edgar was third. Like, yeah, there was Ed- Edgar
1: sort of was always like a third to fifth yeah. guy every yeah. single year. It's yeah. like, what are you supposed to do, though? I mean, a lot of guys don't understand, too. I have a, a friend who competed when there was a great bodybuilder who, who did the USAs one year with Flex. And he went into the show, and he goes, I remember looking at him backstage and going, I don't see what all the hype is about. And he goes, then I watched him put on 20 pounds in front of my eyes when he started pumping up.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: He goes, I literally watched him transform as soon as their blood went into his muscle. And he was like, what the fuck is going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah I, I-, I mean, There's a bunch of guys in that era, though, that were nuts. I mean, it's harder because you don't really sit back and think of the guys who didn't turn pro. But then I go into even the guys that did but never did anything. Yeah. Or chose not to do things. You know what I mean? They're like, all right, I'm good. Which I think is cool because anymore, the one thing that I don't love about bodybuilding is the first thing people want to do when they decide to compete is turn pro. Right? And then the other thing is, is like that they need to make something of it. Like I would be doing what I'm doing now if I worked a normal job and no one was watching because I there's nowhere I would rather be for those two hours a day than at the gym. Nowhere. Right, you know, I don't. I can't imagine what I will do when I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever wanted to do anything else this much. <laughs>
0: like, no one's making me go, and I go all the time. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, important. I I saw you know I can't remember exactly where it was, but someone was just talking about like there's, there's two types of bodybuilders. You know, there's those that'll do this if no one is there to see it, anyways. Mm-hmm. And there's those that would completely lose a desire to do any of it if there was no one there to see it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's good to know, it's good to know which one you are ahead of time. You know, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to be disciplined and driven and, you know, stick to the plan when it's all about you. Yeah. This is just what you love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I, I, I love this. Uh, we don't even need to answer it, but I just love that uh, someone would rather ask us than Google that, is pee stored in the balls?
0: Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ignore, the,
1: ignore the bladder, but uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate the humor. I'm okay with that. Okay, I can't do that one again. Oh, here we go. This is a good one, Ron. <laughs> See, we can just end the show. Is pee stored in the balls? Ah, Okay. How do you control your lust when you are super horny, but in a situation and can't have sex? I wish he would have expanded on what the situation You mean my is. entire life? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ron started lifting weights when he was 13 because that's around the time
0: the old nuts dropped yeah. and he realized he had lust. <laughs> I have amazing – yes, yes, that's funny. You just uh, – you know, you got to – well, you got to have an outlet. You know, so it's always good to have, you know, at least, a, you know, a, a fuck friend that you can get, get your frustration out on, um, <laughs> or with, I should say. Um, so, you know, if you, if you don't have anyone special in your on life, makes them sound like they're not there by choice. <laughs> Careful. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You can't have this
1: person in your basement tied up. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't
0: <laughs> count. Yeah. Yeah. Um, willingly in your life. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. You know, as a uh, as a uh, red blooded uh, man who has you know had very high testosterone levels uh, from I guess day one of your puberty. life, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> we're back to puberty, just like we were talking about. Important step to go through. Um, but yeah, uh, it, how do you control your lust? Well, you just remember, um, it's a place and time for everything. There's a place and time for everything. Like, you know. <laughs> just have to contain yourself i i so here's 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 this is going to be i really shouldn't tell this, i'm derailing this. here we go it's time it's, it's fucking time so i've had people ask me they're like so what's it like to be on a lot of testosterone you know and i always say well i remember when i was working in the bar and i was i can't believe i'm going to say this and and uh and I would like, you know, because I used to clean out totally, right? I was an on-off bodybuilder, right? I would go completely off for a while, you know, and then I'd start a cycle. It was like all exciting, like, you know. Yeah. And I remember like when I start my cycle, I could like, I could smell girls. Easy, Biden, easy. Yeah. You could, <laughs> but like, you know what? Like, because they're hot and dancing and stuff, and they're sweating. You just like, I could, and it hits your brain, and you're like. Oh that's not your yeah. brain but go ahead yeah 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 <laughs> it's not your brain but no like your senses are heightened is my point like you know your your testosterone goes up suddenly so you're not desensitized so everything like all the senses that go with that like i noticed it i used to notice it yeah it was just interesting And anyway, i'd always you know come home from work a little bit <clears throat> you know they're riled up you know? <laughs>
1: Man, you got me all amped up that you're going to say something terrible. You said you could little, smell little, girls.
0: Little three a.m. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about their hairspray or their. Yes, I'm, I'm aware. I'm talking about their their essence, you know their animal. Oh animals, my God. Their, their, their animal essence. I really. Oh, by the way, this
1: kid's Switch. name is is Darwin, which oh. makes me. I just I just love because I'm like man. I would like I would like to have Darwin on the show to discuss this question.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure if most people realize like what like testosterone does yeah. to your senses when you first like
1: first take it. Yeah, no, I always, I've always, I've told women like that I've met along the way. I'm like, yeah, I had a boyfriend that was like a little too much. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm five of him. <laughs> that should help. Everything you need to know about where to go. Okay, okay,
0: okay. <clears throat> classics. All right, you're up, dude. Is it my turn? Yes, I I did peep in balls and <laughs> I feel yeah, yeah. I feel like I gave a lot though with the being able to smell girls thing. That should turn me into a real creep. <laughs> make a lot of I could actually hear so Emily good. packing, which is really weird. Like why did you say that? You have to think. Why would you say such a thing?
1: You even said I can't believe I'm gonna say it and then you said
0: it anyways. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. are we're, we're realists here, Dusty. Come on. It's we've fat. all we've all every human has like been too close to somebody and sort of sort of smelt them in like a and been like, oh, they smell like sex. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> you are. I, this episode is never going to end because I'm not letting it. Ron is on fire today. OK, here's one. Here's one. Um, what can be learned in bodybuilding from powerlifting and strongman? Any correlations or lessons? Absolutely, uh, a million. But uh, the biggest,
1: most obvious is the basics. I think in our and when you and I started, what did you learn? Squat, bench, deadlift, maybe a clean, and you owned those things. Nowadays. Everyone comes in and they want the exact, like, oh, but isn't there a pinky twist at the bottom of this tricep extension? Am I twisting my wrist right? Um, the basics and the consistency are the things. I think also with powerlifting, uh, periodization is taught. I, it's an argument I get into with people all the time. They, they always say, well, how does progressive overload work? Wouldn't you eventually be benching 1,000 pounds? Well, no, because it's not a forever up right hill. You know what I mean? It's up and down and up and down and back and forth. And that's what power do as well. It's what percentage are they at? Um, and I think, uh, the, the biggest one for all of the above is the mental strength, which is, yeah. I firmly believe, and you know this, Ron, if you ever walk up to a bar convinced it's going to be heavy, you are fucked. Yep. Versus the days that you're like, you're kind of laughing and you're about to do something you've never done. You are you know it's done yeah it's done you know so I think those things are, are the the primaries that I can think of. what about you?
0: Yeah, I was mainly gonna say the mental stuff mm-hmm. you know, um, I mean those guys uh, do things that um, they have to be so focused and you know centered and 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 ready and zoned. Because they're lifting weights and doing things that could end their careers. Yeah. You know? Every um, time. (laughs) Every time. Like very, very often they're putting themselves in very high risk, controlled high risk situations. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think there's something to learn. I think some people, you know, there's some people out there that sort of think their bodies are more fragile than they are. Mm -hmm. You know, there's those people that don't pay attention to form and just do the dumbest shit. And then there's people that are like, They hold back. And so I always used to say, like, you know, when you start to train heavy for you? Yep. Right. So like heavy for you, like that's, you know, and 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 I would sometimes, you know, you get that worry, like, oh, I hope I don't get hurt under this weight. Right. I would tell myself like a lie, but it would sound good and it would trick my brain. Right like mm-hmm. i'd be getting under a bench and be like fuck i hope i don't hurt myself if that if that thought ever creeped into my head i would push it out by saying this this weight isn't heavy enough to rip anything or those power lifters <laughs> those power lifters are moving such massive weights and they're not getting like fuck you and your this is not gonna hurt you this isn't even you're not even nearly strong enough to get hurt under this weight this is fucking nothing and like i would right. i would like Combat the thought, you know. Yeah, you'd you you would lie to yourself
1: in a way that would convince you that you're safe.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is like because there'd always be a few powerlifters in the gym, and I'd think to myself like, ah, but you know, whoever the powerlifter was. and yeah, Chucky gym, did a thousand pounds yesterday. Yeah, oh, Chucky was doing triples with these. Like there were nothing. This is a speed day for him. Like fucking throw this up, you know. So right. like I would just say so, you know, tell myself some kind of irre- irrelevant lie that right. would just like. As long head- as you believe your own shit, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds good to you, you know? Um, yeah, it's just speaking out loud to myself that freaks people out. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> I'm more freaked out when the voices stop talking. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Was that no what was that your question? That was my question. Okay. So, that's your turn, okay. buddy. All right.
1: So uh, th- I'm getting hammered on this, so we're going we we have to do this. Um, why is it that Paul Carter thinks that deadlifts and rack deadlifts are not good for training back.
0: Um, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't know I, I didn't know Paul Carter was like, was he think they're a leg day thing or what, what's it, What's yeah. the other side of the, like what's the Yeah, thing? I think that's
1: primarily what it is. The reason I get hammered with it is obviously because those are lifts that I do mm-hmm. intentionally. It's funny because I get people to try to trap the conversation. I always tag Paul in the answer.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm just uh, from my point of view. Maybe he thinks that um, uh, those exercises. There's some people that think deadlifts and like any deadlift m- movement is is far better put on a leg day or a hamstring day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's also people that that just flat out deadlifts and rack deads don't do a lot for their back. Like it's right. just like some guys squat and their quads grow, and other guys squat and their quads don't grow. I, there's a certain p- portion of people that When they, like, there's guys out there with crazy deadlifts that don't have hanging lats and thick traps and stuff. There's guys, you know, I've seen some crazy deadlifters that were just skinny dudes. So, um, you know, sometimes it's all about leverage and arm length and spine to leg ratio and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, maybe maybe with Paul's own personal experience, too, they do nothing for his back. So he's a little bit, like, more like thinking, oh, maybe there's something to this. Um, But I, I don't know Paul's argument. But I'm just assuming that it might have something to do with that. Um, maybe he'd rather spend, uh, which is a common argument. You know, if you're going to train back, you should be like moving your scaps and like um, yeah. a, a deadlift is a, like a you know you're you're getting thicker spinal erectors out of that. But there's not a lot of range for everything else and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you're not so, getting contraction. I yeah. think you know there's, it's the she- answer because she- I know that the uh, I know I know that people just
1: want there to be an answer. Uh, my guess. Is that Paul speaks in absolutes to get people to think? Yeah, which is which is because not, when you exactly. when you jam it home like that and you say no deadlifts are shit, then people think because I don't agree at all, but I don't necessarily think that he would come on and tell me no your deadlifts aren't helping your back. He's not an idiot. Um, what you're looking at is you're not doing a stretch and a contraction like you are if you do a right, right. Yeah. Um the other thing is is people really are looking for an absolute answer, right or wrong. And here here is what I tell people is you know the muscle when you feel that you feel when you're doing an exercise. That's the muscle that's working. Yeah, most of the time. That's like, like a don't like place to it, start you know, so it's like don't overcomplicate that. If you're doing a deadlift and you're not feeling your back and you're trying to feel your back then it's not for you. When I do a deadlift and I'm bringing down 750 pounds, I feel every, like I, when people ask me, what what
0: muscle is a rack dead for for your back? I go, all of it. Right. You, I know exactly what you feel. You feel your, your entire trap, the whole kite-shaped muscle of your mm-hmm. trap, and your lats from your armpits to your hips, you feel it all yanking down and out like it's going to yank your arms off your body. Yeah. And
1: yes. when you're pulling up, You're resisting that, but because it's not a
0: contraction
1: of my elbow pulling back, scapula moving, rhomboid squeezing, trap getting out of the fucking way, it's a different connection. So I I definitely see that. So for people that are asking, and I literally, my answer is simple. Ignore me. Ignore Paul. Ignore everyone. Do it. What do you feel? And that's your answer. For you, right. that's your answer. It's the, same, it's the same thing that we've covered 50 times. Hey, if I, if I do skull crushers, it helps hurt my elbows. What should I do? Don't do skull crushers. <laughs> you know, same thing with back. So, yeah, there's no lift you're ever going to find me say in the entire gym. You must do this to grow. Right, right.
0: Okay. Uh, it's my turn now? Yes, sir. I've got a small tear in my shoulder. Any suggestions on supplements that you would add? um questions uh, just wants to know like regrowing connective tissue it's an well, actual tear that's yeah, so, i mean i know he said small tear
1: so i have to reiterate that when let's, say, is torn, let's say
0: torn it's a bit of a tear yeah it's
1: torn i mean what i would do would be i would go down to my naturopath and i would get injections to fix it okay. you know I mean, it's not cheap but there are many options that will speed that process up immensely uh, I also would do it quickly because look at it like a t-shirt. If I were to clip the very top of this just a little bit and then continue wearing it through normal wear and tear, that will pull easier and easier and tear all the way down the front eventually because it started with that little clip. Yeah. If I sew that right now, we're done. Right. We're back to healthy. So yeah. my, my advice to that person is number one, go, if you if it's truly a tear, if you're not sure, get an MRI. Once you have that, if it truly is a tear, then you're not talking about a supplement, right? You know, and I mean, I, I, especially shoulder. When someone says the word shoulder, it's a 360-degree moving joint. Don't fuck with it.
0: What What would you recommend? Like, would you if you had an injury? Like, like when I blew my quad, you know, I I read a whole bunch. I got advice off a few people, including Dante was like a big help. Um, but you know, I started using uh, hydrolyzed collagen, protein, yep. and stuff like that. Yeah, no, so, those things yeah. are
1: absolute must. I mean, you want to do those. Yeah. When you have an injury, I mean, I'd be throwing those in. I mean, all the way down to I don't know why, but people have gotten away from if they have joint issues, glucosamine and CSA. Glucosamine can uh, always.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, let's take it.
1: So let's you know, if you're taking like, I would go as high as fifteen hundred milligrams of glucosamine and chondroitin a day in the beginning. Um, that's going to help with moisture things like that in the joint. Like you said, the collagen is is a is a must. Um. But if you're if it's a true tear and something that could be an issue, if you invest the money into a, a good uh, naturopath, it's literally a one and done. Right. You know, it's a thousand dollar one and done.
0: So are you telling them to get like prolo therapy or PRP or something injected? It, in that's there, what's
1: or? tricky. Yeah. The, yeah. Any yeah. and all the above. So like I've had to go in and just it's interesting. I've gotten prolo before and then thought I was going in for prolo for something else just to have them say, no, that's not what we want for this. We want this. Um, you know, so you, you definitely need to make sure you've got a reputable, um, person, but I have found that literally he has fixed things that eventually would have been surgeries. Right. You okay. know, and for me, the money, the money, and it's not, you know, don't want to downplay a thousand bucks, a lot of money, no matter who you are. Um, but the amount of time I would lose if that became a real injury is, is more valuable than the money. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay. I've got one here. Um, He's basically asking, like, what's the most budget intra-workout you could possibly make? So he just says, like, creatine, Gatorade powder, salt. You know, what's a good, extremely low-budget alternative to taking, like, an EAA carb mix intra-workout if you can't afford it? Here's the
1: thing, and this is going to be a terrible answer. If you can't afford it, it's not a necessity. Um, and I don't mean that like in a, in a harsh way, I don't take them half the time and right. I'll get people to give them to me. Like it's not that important in the grand scheme. Um, I would, I am a huge believer in salt in my training. Yeah. i am definitely a big believer in a little bit of carbs. So, I mean, hell have a, you know, have a regular Kool-Aid small amount mixed with water because you don't want a shit ton of junk in you and then, and throw some salt in it and you're good to go.
0: Yeah, I would say 20 grams of Gatorade powder or Kool-Aid powder um, and uh, several grinds of sea salt. And you'd, I would definitely, like, if if you're looking to at least keep your endurance high and mm-hmm. your electrolytes balanced and, and all that stuff so you can train long and hard, it really does come down to those two things. Yeah. Uh, I do that in a heartbeat. I remember, hey, I remember the days when we were using dextrose. Yep, <laughs> and I just go to the I just go down the wine aisle, yep. like two bucks for that? a two pound thing, and two bucks for two pounds of dextrose. Take like yep. you know thirty grams of dextrose, and yeah, uh, remember those days? It, it was it, everyone was using the cheapest car powder they could get their hands on, you know, for that's that's, the longest
1: time. That's what we believed is. Yeah. A carb is a carb, which I still somewhat do, um, to, to
0: a point, especially yeah. in a deficit. If you're in a mm-hmm. deficit, carbs are like very much treated all equally, but in your soup surplus, I think things start to kind of shift from their yeah. good carbs and bad carbs, depending on how much of a surplus you're in. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the magic is
1: how far you took that surplus. <laughs> to too far. But yeah. To make sure, I mean, I, I really, and that's why I'm cautious with guys is, I'm a minimalist for my clients. Even like I don't tell my clients you need this intro workout. No, I'm not. It's yeah, I try to. If keep- they say, hey, I'm gonna do an intro, what do you think? I'm like, okay, then do this. This is your best bet. But I bet the majority of my clients don't do anything intro workout.
0: Yeah, I give them a real basic intro that I think covers their bases. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I've been okay. I've been very broke as a bodybuilder, and I'm still making great games. Oh so. fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's funny. I uh, Emily sent me a text the other day. I was like, hey, I'm going to Safeway. Do you need anything? And and she just started eating tuna again. Like she just started eating tuna again for some reason. She likes it. And uh, it's funny because I haven't bought a can of tuna in a long fucking time. And, but I went down the aisle and I was like, ah, white albacore. I remember Will
1: you. you. <laughs> no? That's the thing is you have to admit as much as it's – I remember I when I was – when I, was super, when I was super broke, I remember that the I would choose my protein based on what was on sale. What is the cheapest thing? And I would like math it out. Okay, so when I cook this, how much protein is actually here? Okay, this is the cheapest one. Okay, that's what I'm eating this week. Yeah, yeah, oh well, for sure. You know, and it's like there's so, there was something to be said about those times when you got that crazy deal and you're like, I'm going to spring an extra 20 bucks on this. I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to cover that other 20 bucks I just lost? but we're getting extra of this dark meat chicken because it's really cheap today. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> exactly. I can walk to work a couple of days. It's fine. <laughs>
0: so I got a I got a deep one for you, Dusty. Oh shit! Here we go. I'm ready. This could go. Damn! How deep are we now? We're 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 an hour and fifty one minutes <laughs> recording. I don't know. This this could be the showstopper. This could All be right, the here we uh, go. This could be the final question if it goes long. Yes, I would look it. What's your biggest fear? see, this is easy for me. So it's not that deep
1: because I'm ah. a shallow human. My, <laughs> my biggest fear is to smell. And you actually know this. You just didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's yeah, so that funny. is My greatest fear in the world is to smell bad and not know it because I,
0: I experience these people and I'm like, no one tells you what the f- Fuck. There's got to be someone in your life that's closer than me. This can't yeah, fall on it, me. Is it going to be, am I, because I'm a dick if I like, do it, because I don't I'm
1: even like know one, your name, yeah. Chuck.
0: <laughs> like, I just happened to see you at the gym. There's like at least 50 other people that should be closer to you than me. Yes. No? And that's, that is, but it truly is because there's certain things that, and I look at
1: that as a responsibility of your friends. Like if I came down to the lobby after a day at the expo and for some reason we just went, I came down and you looked at me and said, bro, you need to shower before we go. I'd be like, thank you. And I'd run up and I'd shower and I wouldn't think anything of it. I I wouldn't be, be like, sweet, done. It's like if somebody has shit in their teeth, I'm like, Hey, you got shit in your teeth. Yeah. I'm not going to make them talk to seven other people with this green leaf hanging around their mouth or smelling like shit. I appreciate people like you, Dusty. Yeah. So yeah, that's my, so I got worked up. As you can see, this is a fear. It's a general, like it's scary. You, shit. you, you weren't even
0: dodging the question with that. I'm fucking right to it. I don't want to stink, man. You know, see, I, those, can...
1: I, I got a, I, I finished at the gym the other day and a girl who works at the supplement store here, uh, I came out and was like, Oh, Hey, how are you? She goes. You smell this good after a workout, and I'm like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> Why? Because I'm deathly afraid of the other option. Right. Right. Okay. Well, so so now thought, now let's get in the let's get in the deep end of the pool. Now that I we've had left a, the shallow end. I had
0: it. I had a deep philosophical <laughs> life reflection answer, and I went with And he comes up with, "Oh, I don't have deodorant." That's my biggest fear. I need a dry shirt and deodorant. That basically solves your problem. <laughs> my entire life is fine if I have that. A can of axe and another T-shirt in my Jeep. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would say so. I I really feel you on that. I'm more I'm more paranoid about bad breath.
2: Oof, so
0: all, all the feelings you have about smelling, I would I would reflect those on bad breath. And and I'm very like self. I was like, okay, I'd have a mint. I got to, like – and, you know, if, uh, like if I'm sitting in the back eating and someone's like, oh, Ron, someone wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, fuck. I, like, drink a bunch of water and, like, have some Diet Coke. Swishing and I, it around. <laughs> okay. Check my teeth. Okay, good. And I come out of the office and come around. I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, um, I just – yeah, I'm kind of paranoid about that. The whole, like, eating and seeing people thing. Like, I want to eat separate. I don't want to, like, be eating while I'm doing business. Right. Because you never know, like – if how you're looking and what your situation is, you know? So, but that's, that's the shallow answer that I'm going to give. Because I brought it, you're all, we have nine minutes. I'm like, I need 36 seconds. Uh, we're really going to connect with people on this deep. I bet, I bet people are going to hear our answers and they're going to contemplate their own existence. Hey, no, you know, we're going to, we're going to have some listering
1: sales. People are going to stop buying deodorant and go to antiperspirant like they should be doing in the first I know, place.
0: I know. So, so here's the deal my real answer because i had this ready and i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to the show because i you know because it fucking needs you today well no I, yeah, it needs it bad no i just uh i had it all ready you know i had saw this question i thought huh <laughs> he went deep i went with stink so <laughs> and when you're I done with thinking, your answer my answer will not change go <laughs> i was thinking about that conversation that we had the other night on on instagram we were doing a little chat ski there oh yes at midnight and and, and I, I think that one of the fears I always had in the back of my head was I was always the type of guy that got along with everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was got along with everybody. You know, I had a couple different groups of friends in high school. I had my main group, and then I had like these other. You know, I was friends with a lot of people, and I've always kind of gotten along with everyone. And and my whole life, everyone's always told me like. Oh, hey, you know, you're you're a nice guy. You know, Ron's a nice guy. Like, you know, you hear stuff about yourself, like Dusty's a fucking prick. Like, you just, like, you learn to accept it. I said that and, long ago. You know, and, uh, but I was always told, like, oh, you're, you know, you're a nice guy. You're easy to deal with. You're chill. You know, that sort of thing. So I think that sort of created, as I grew up, that created a bit of, like, a a, a bit of a, a worry in my head. I was like, fuck, I want to, I have to be careful that I don't become someone that everyone likes And And that's always been a fear of mine is that I'm going to be liked, but not respected. Right. Because that's something you hear, like, you know, you hear it, like, I don't know where you first hear it, but you know, you might hear like an inspirational speech, like, you know, I never cared about whether they liked me. I just needed to be respected, you know, and like, you'd hear that sort of thing. And for some reason that got into my head. Right. And it's always like a fear of mine. So if I ever found myself in a situation where, where, You know, I felt like everyone liked me. I would always start to worry. Fuck, I wonder if they respect me. But do I have that too? (laughs) Yeah, because that was always, I always, for some reason, I sort of drew like, you can't have both. Right, which is wrong, but yeah. (laughs) Which is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. You can't have both. But just in my head, there was always that worry like, oh, fuck, you sure you got both? Right. Or you just have one. Because if all these people just like you and think you're a good guy, but they don't respect you, then you're doing something fucking wrong. Right. I agree. So
1: I I could see how that could jump in your mind, but it's definitely a factor. I think the big key that makes it obvious in anyone's cases, not even just yours specifically, is when people will bring a problem to you of any sort, then you're respected. Right. So within the industry, within the – because something as basic as – and, and I get people that ask me and I literally will send them to you. Like they'll say, what is the best leg, whatever that I need to have for my gym? I'm like, Oh, message wrong. Like, because that is one of those things where, I mean, I can answer, but if you've earned respect in any way, I know that's a very vanilla way, right, but that right. those are in, 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 in our industry, those are the things that matter. You know, same thing as Chris calls me and you and Jose on the regular to talk about a show. Because he respects right. your vision of the sport. You know what I mean? Right. So I, yeah. I, I bring a lot of things back to if someone will ask you questions
0: or your yeah. opinion. I guess that's a good way to look at it. That's a good base to, to sort of come from for that stuff anyways. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people deal with that one. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. You know? Less and, like uh, me and they
1: just don't give a shit. But, yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I always sort of – always also – I was always found myself, I don't know if it was just kind of how I grew up, but I was always kind of the peacemaker, you Mm -hmm. know, and I don't know why I felt like that was my job, you know, between different friends or siblings or, you know, whatever it was. I don't know why I I took that on when I was younger, but then that, that I also was like aware, like, oh, shit, I'm the peacemaker. I have to make sure that I'm not just like, you know, accidentally just getting along with all these people. Right. You know what I mean? I so. think what it
1: is though truthfully, with you and I, and I think the reason I'm bringing this up is it's a lot of people is all kidding aside about not caring when you have a when you have these thoughts, it's because your standard is so high, yeah, so you're probably well above most people's, but I think, and this isn't a bad thing, well, it is, but it isn't is um you always want to make sure you're reaching your standard, but your standard's always moving because. Right. You want, more of yeah. you want more of yourself. You want more of yourself. You want more yourself. And that's why if you don't ever meet your standard for a minute, you're like, oh, well, yeah. And then also so other people like, see this, you know, because your standard for yourself
0: when you're your type of person is so much higher than anyone else's. Well, I was just going to think, like, if you would have asked me when I was 26, like, who do you respect? I would be like, Dorian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, anyone else? Like, yeah. <laughs> who else is there? <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's it's we're, we we live skewed. Uh, we live through a skewed lens, this right. bodybuilding lens that we view the world through is,
1: uh, is pretty – I find it's the opposite though, man. Like for me, if someone were to ask now because of the lifestyle I have as a individual, like things I do, things like, – when someone asks me who I respect, I'm like a mom who works a full-time job and somehow finds her way to the gym and raises two kids. Because I yeah. my head can't even fathom, because I have friends that do it, and they'll t- tell me shit, and I'm like, how do you fucking do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because what we do, in my opinion, is, is easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's repetition. I don't all of a sudden have a kid that decided, fuck you to school on a Tuesday and stopped doing his homework, and I found out a week later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And I also I also find myself kind of like giving that nod, like that respect nod. You know, the, I see the guys at the gym that work construction all day. And then come to the gym. And then they come to the gym and squat four plates for reps. Mm-hmm. And they've been like walking on a roof for 10 hours or fucking, you know, running wire through a – you know what I mean? Like they've been doing yeah, these labor jobs. Working. Fucking real yeah. jobs, you know. They got fucking scars all over their hands and they come into the gym and they fucking get right to work, man. And it's like, fuck, haven't you had enough work? <laughs> you worked all day. And I, I, I have a lot of respect for guys that work those types of jobs and, 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 you know, get their training in and don't fucking complain about shit. You know, it's just I think it's awesome. What I mean is people have the reverse thing. So they look at
1: someone like you, me, and say, man, how do they do it? Because they're so disciplined in that. And I think we all tend to downplay what we do <clears throat> because for us, the other thing seems like it would be really hard. Yeah. but in reality, at the end of the day, what it is is we we all have the battles that we go through. But yep. you know, we chose our path. So to me, it's mindless. It means nothing to eat meals, go to the gym, train. I'm like, you know, because people be like, man, it's really impressive, and I'm like, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't mean I to be a dick, but I'm really confused because it's it's nothing, you know. I so know, I, I think I that's what it is. Is you get the. It's it's you respect the other side because you wonder you you don't understand how much they're going through. You know, yeah, you're, you're right. If I, if I finish a 10 hour day out in the sun in Arizona, I'm not going to the gym. I'm going oh. home, <laughs> I'm going home. I'm sitting on a couch and I'm being like, man, that was a fucking brutal day. I <laughs> spent if I spent an hour in Arizona heat, I'm like, fucked for the whole day. I would have heat stroke. Well, the good news for me is if I had a construction job, they'd fire me. So we're good. <laughs> day he one su- he sucks at everything Fire i don't him. know
0: i got sent home <laughs> i don't know what happened you got sent home permanently <laughs> i guess it are kind of slow today they just didn't need me
1: <laughs> every time i came in today they said they didn't need me i don't i don't know what
0: Am okay, I still getting you. my money i don't know what's happening <laughs> <laughs> know. okay well dusty that's two hours three minutes i'm not sure we count, how much is gonna get chopped off the front of this we were blabbering but we're on almost two hours by ourselves buddy Nice, and I still have a million questions, so I'm going to go ahead and
1: answer these on my Instagram for those yes, who don't know.
0: What I'm doing, I'm going to hit my Instagram up, and I might just hit them all anyways for those that, you know, missed the show or whatever. Just get them out there and uh, appreciate it. Appreciate all the questions we get. We uh, I like to ask short notice so that you don't get too many. Yep. You know how if you ask, like, on Saturday, there's like, fuck. By the time Monday morning comes, I, I'm like, oh, my God, what an idiot I am. So I try to ask, like, late Sunday night. Yeah, I asked when I was going to sleep last night.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I was, I was in bed and I was like, "Oh shit, I got to do that."
0: Yeah. I typed it up. So like I heard I heard had the other day. Like he put up a post, like recording Tuesday or something. Yeah. And then on the show, he's like, "Oh, we had four hundred questions." <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Which I can totally see because I probably have about a hundred, yeah. and it was ten hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I know. <clears throat> okay. Thanks, buddy. Remember, everybody, like, share, comment, bell, ring the bell, subscribe. subscribe. There you go. Man, they're just piling up on us. So many things. We're, we're very demanding, and um, I'm we're also really glad everyone liked the Hollingshead interview. Uh, what an awesome interview that was! The feedback we got was just like spectacular. He he's a he's a great guest because he'll like he knows that it's his job to like talk. You know, yeah, tuning in to hear us equally talk as much as him. You know, definitely he not. Made it out there, man. He gave us some great shit. I I loved hearing about you know how he how he kind of handled all the stuff with Luke through the show and the prep and all that. It was really interesting. So, um, you know, thanks to James for coming on and being a great guest. All right, man. Till next time. Remember everybody it's just bodybuilding.